You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. everyone again you are listening to the manifesting god podcast i am your host prophetess marie elizabeth thank you so much for joining me on this monday and every monday at 7 p.m it is so good to be able to talk to you all it is i am blessed to be amongst the living and i thank god for each and every one of you who are under the sound of my voice and know that i am praying for you. I don't have to know you to pray for you. I am praying for you that God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory, that he will cause you to stand unwavering, untossed by every wind, but that he would again, raise you up to be in his likeness and in his image. You ready to get started? Come on, let's get started. Now, you know, we've been talking a lot about just really, um, you know, ascending, sitting in your heavenly seat, owning your place, owning who you are in God. Why? So that he can, through his grace, show you off, show off what he can do what uh, with what God will do for the people that love him. And then we talked about descending. We talked about what is required to descend. We talked about how hard it can be descend. Yes, it's a thing. It's not easy to descend. It is not easy at all. But we understand that God never leaves us or Forsakes, uh, forsakes us, but we must feel that. Jesus Christ himself on the cross had to feel that as he bore our sins. He had to feel, he had to feel that God had indeed forsaken him because he could not look upon his sin. And that is a place that not many of us are willing to go to where God can no longer look upon us, where he can no longer see our face, hear our cries, hear our pleas, where we just have to know by faith that the same God that took us to the place of dissension will raise us up. As in ascension, we just have to know that. Go over to John 19. Because see, when we've been talking about, when we were talking about um, ascension and descension, I purposely left off a part. I purposely left off a part. And I left off that part because this is, when we talk about ascension and descension, there's, there's an there's a action that we do that solidifies that dissension. There's an action. There's a there's there's something that we must do that that causes us to agree with God and agree with that place of dissension. It, it's like we're telling God our faith, our 
faith will resurrect us, but we have to agree with him before we get to that place of dissension. And let's go to, I think I said John 19, and then we're going to go down to, let's see, I shall go down to verse 17. So John 19 and 17, and this time I'm in the King James Version. And right now we're talking about Jesus on the cross. And verse 17 says, and he bearing his cross went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrews Golgotha where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. He was the center focal point, Jesus in the center. Now, Pilate wrote a title and he put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth was the title that he put, the King of the Jews. Verse 20 says, then many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew and in Greek and in Latin. So everyone was clear of the mockery. Everyone was clear of the sarcasm. Everyone was clear of the criticism. Verse 21 says, therefore, the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews. But he said, I am the king of the Jews, right? I am the king of the Jews. In their sarcasm, Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Verse 23 says, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and they made four parts. They made four parts to each soldier apart and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let's not tear it. Let's not tear it, but let's cast it for lots. Let's but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says they divided my garments among them and for my clothing, they cast lots. They divided my garments among them and for my, and my clothing, they cast lots. We're talking about now before Jesus descended. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. And then it says in verse 25, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. Verse 26, when Jesus therefore saw his mother's and the disciples whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciples, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his home. Verse 28, after Jesus, after this, Jesus knowing that all things had were now accomplished after this Jesus knowing that all 
things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. He said, I thirst. Now a vessel, verse 29, full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with the sour wine, put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up. He gave up. He forfeited. He let go of his spirit. And we're talking about Jesus here, God in the flesh, whom could call on help anytime he wanted to. And this would have stopped. But he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He gave up his spirit. What do we want to talk to about what do I want to talk to you about tonight? Tonight, let's talk about carrying your own weight. Carrying your own weight. Why did I pick this particular scripture to talk about carrying your own weight? Because of the activities that led up to Christ's dissension that led up to his dissension, what led up to his, the, the components that led up to his dissension overall can be summarized as the sin that he carried for us, for us. How many of us today want to bear up under the sin of another to the point where it causes us to have to be the one that descends. Mother, father, sister, brother, they're still standing. They're still standing, watching us, watching the load, watching the weight be put upon our shoulders, watching the weight of that cross be put upon us, watching us be nailed to that cross, the weight of the nail in Jesus's hands and the, the weight of that cross that, that he was carrying, but they were able to watch it while he bore their sins, while he bore their sins. How many of us will allow the sins of another to bear us and nail us to a cross that would cause us to descend. How many of us would be willing to descend so that another can ascend? How many us of us are willing to bear that? I submit to you, not many. I submit not many are willing to carry their own weight. See, because when I say carry your own weight, what in effect I am saying is carry the weight of another. See, because we are to bear the burdens of one another. We are to put a one another higher than we put ourselves. That is not, that is not a tradition of today's Christianity. 
Today's Christianity is not willing, not willing at all to suffer for another. Who of us would lay down our lives for our sister, for our brother, for a sinner that we don't know and seemingly has no intention of ever yielding to the power of Christ? How many of us are willing to descend so that they can ascend? How many of us are willing to put our titles and allow our titles to nail us to the cross of dissension so that another can raise up apostle, so that another can raise up prophet, pastor, teacher, or evangelist, so that another can raise up with the gifts of healing, raise up with the gift of giving, raise up with the gift of hospitality. How many of us are willing? How many of us will raise our hands for that role? Who amongst us are willing to do that? Who amongst us are willing? See, because what God is calling for now, we have to be clear, in an effort to rebuild that remnant that God is calling for are those, are those that are willing to descend, be the unknown heroes, as it were, be the rebuilders of the kingdom of God. Guess what? With no reconciliation, with no thank you, with no, with, with no gratitude given. No, nobody's happy that you're rebuilding the kingdom of God. Nobody is excited that you're bringing back the purity of the name of Jesus. Nobody is going to congratulate you or slap you on the back and say, thank you that you're telling them that the blood of Jesus still works. Holiness is still right and that you're rebuilding holiness, that you're rebuilding purity. No one is going to thank you for that. No one wants that today. So understand you are going to descend so that another can ascend and help you to rebuild under the weight of the cross. Under the weight of of the cross. Can my hands rebuild the pureness of God, even though they are nailed to a cross? See, because we talked last week about dissension and we talked about a lot of the, a lot of the weight that are, that are granted us in order to be able to push us down into that place of dissension. So what am I saying to you today? We, there, the, God will not have to push you down into that place of dissension if you would yield your spirit as Jesus did in our text. Are you willing to yield your spirit? Are you willing to call it is finished to your flesh, to your desires, to your needs, to your wants? Are you willing to have those nailed, have those things nail you to the cross and the weight of it pull you down so that another can be raised up? 
so that another can be raised up. And I'm still drilling this because some of us have not reconciled ourselves to the decision of dissension. There's a decision to dissension. Christ cried out, it is finished. He solidified the decision to dissension. He agreed with God. He agreed with God. It is finished. See, because what are we carrying? Think about it now. What are we carrying that we that we're choosing to carry, but that's not what God would like us to carry? So what are we carrying that's keeping us from that place of dissension? There is uh, a prerequisite, as it were, to dissension. What? There's a prerequisite to going down? Yes. There's a prerequisite to going down. There is a prerequisite to dying. There is a prerequisite to, to dying to oneself. We cannot, we cannot have everything our way and descend in this grace and etiquette that that we that we feel though, feel as though will be acceptable by uh Christianity today a worldly Christianity today. See, because today we are going to say that today what we're seeing is we're, we're, we're suffering. Oh, we are suffering on the altar of prayer. We are suffering at the foot of Christ and all of our holy garb and all of our, our luxuriousness. The makeup is Faces beat, the hair is done, not a curl is out of place. I have on the the best uh pro, 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 prolific outfit. I mean, I swear if I could have rubies and stones going down, and that you would have that too. And we got on the, the highest of hill. We got the men we have on the suit, the tailored suit, just so just because we're descending, we're descending into that, into that place of lowness so that God can raise us up again. What am I saying to you? Dissension ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. It's not the, it's not Christ here. He gave us an example of what it looked like to forfeit. I mean, we're talking about the King on the cross. He gave us an example of what it looked. They ripped his clothes off of him. And then they started casting lots like bitten. Who's going to get it? who's going to get right in front of him, right in front of him. They gave him sour wine to drink. They gave, they, they had his, they let his mother, his disciples sit there and watch him hang from this cross with the weight of his body just nailed to the cross. So I imagine that it was ripping his hands apart. The weight of the cross, the weight of dissension, the weight of dissension. Who can bear? God is looking for those who can bear under the weight of dissension. Why? Because it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. And, and let's get it. Let's be clear. Nor is the ascension because in order to bring, to build, in order to make this turn as it were with God, you're going now, keep in mind now, we're going to be going now against the grain. We're going to be going now against the majority. 
We're going now against the majority. See, because even though everything was shut down for a period, right? And even though a gathering has changed, um, I believe there's rules and regulations with the seating and everything, Folks have still decided that they will gather. There are people that are still trying to reinstitute a sense of normal, what they call normal. So in order to rebuild the way God is rebuilding, in order to turn that corner, we're going to be going against the grain. We're going against the, the quote unquote normal, because guess what? In this day and time, God has given, God has given enough space over the years, enough space for his bride to be clean, for his bride to get clean, for his bride to be, get, and stay clean. But that has not happening, happened as of yet. So in case you haven't noticed, let me tell you what has happened. What has happened is he has now separated the church. He separated at one point, the church couldn't gather. So the people were literally separate from the leader. They were separate from the leader. And then they came to an online gathering. So now they're separate yet together. Why do I say separate yet together? Because there's a distance between them. There's a distance. So there's no more um, hands-on influence, as it were. Now there's a distance. Now there's a distance. And why did that separation come? That separation came because leaders began to corrupt. Not all leaders. There are some good leaders. We have some good leaders. We have some Christ-centered, Christ-focused leaders, but they're the minority. They're the minority. They're not the majority. They're the minority. And the majority has saw the people as provision. That's it. Just provision. I feed them. They, I give them what they need. What I, I tell them what they need. Then I give them that thing. And then they give me what I need to make my living. That's what we had a lot of. And then we have the minority who are giving the true living word of God and challenging what we call holy and challenging what we call righteous and causing us to grow to the measure of the stature of Christ. They push the issue. Holiness is right. They call us on the carpet when we get out of line. They call us out of carpet when we misalign ourselves with Christ and we align ourselves with the enemy of Christ. They call us out of line. But those that are the majority, they don't do that. They just as soon show up to church with a, a diaper bag full of bottles and start passing out formulas because all they need is to soothe you so that they can get what they need out of you. That's the that's what church was. And so that has been separated. That has been pulled apart. That that has been what's in between this now is the internet because now the, the the people are separate and the leader are here and they're looking at the leader by way of a screen. So now the people having that distance between them and the leader, God can talk to the people. And then God can deal with the leader and that leader can choose to repent and turn the corner with God, or they can choose not to repent and their ministry is over. In fact, you are essentially fired. This is the way this works. This works. We're either going to turn the corner with God or you're fired. That's the way this works. God is no longer 
no longer looking for those with self-ascension motives, with self-ascension tactics, self-ascension manipulation. He's no longer calling you. He's no longer calling you. He is going to shut you down. He has put, he has put between you and the people a distance, a distance so that he can talk directly to the people. Why? Because when he gave you the opportunity to minister to his people, when he gave you the opportunity to teach him, God, not you, God to his people, you took advantage of that situation and you begin to prostitute God for an offering and prostitute God for a house and prostitute God for a car and prostitute God for things of the world. So either repent, either repent and turn the corner with God or don't repent and be fired. That's the way this is going to work. I don't have a gray area for you. So you don't get to repent today and and uh, steal from the people tomorrow. You don't get to repent today and proclaim um, because you need your mortgage tomorrow that you need an offering. You don't, it's repent and turn the corner with God or you're fired. This is the way it works. And he is going to raise up his true apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. He's going to raise up people who will teach his people how to walk in his ways. He's going to raise up people that will make him touchable to them. See, that's our job as ministers of Christ. We need to make God touchable to the people. We need to fix it. So teach his word, teach God so that they can comprehend him. See, because you cannot live what you cannot comprehend. You cannot live what you do not under, understand. Your life cannot change. You Do you not know? Your life cannot change if you do not understand what you need to change it from to. See, I can tell you, you need to change from being a liar to telling the truth, even if it's painful. And if you cannot tell the truth, then don't talk. Real simple, right? That sounds so simple. Tell the truth or don't talk. Real simple. I've just made being a truth teller touchable to you. I've just made it touchable to you. You can either choose to believe that Jesus Christ did die for your sins, right? He did die for your sins just so, just so that you will believe that he did. And that alone, that alone. Is heaven. Heaven is open up to you. If you just believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, just so you can believe that he did, that he did. Because if you can believe that he did, then you understand that he was God in the flesh. And he came through a woman, through the law that he created. He came through a woman, not through a man, because a man is not going to birth a child unless he birthed it through the, his seed enters a woman. And he came through Mary and he lived 
and he died for us. That alone, heaven is now open to you. See, I just made it touchable to you. If you believe it, it's now tangible. See, you can, if you can understand that much and see, you know, uh, I'm, I'm veering off for a second here because I think sometimes that we don't understand that some things we just have to agree with God. We just have to believe it is so. We just have to agree with God. Like I just said, okay, Christ died for your sins. He lived, he was born, he lived, he died, he was resurrected. He's now sitting at the right hand of the father, talking to him about you right now. It's called intercession. Do you believe it? Then I just made God touchable to you. Heaven is now open to you. Repent Let's move forward. Repent means I'm putting my past behind me, my past mistakes behind me, and I won't do it again. I repent. Real simple. I repent of my past ways. And I make a conscious effort to never do the things that God doesn't like. So every time I'm presented with a situation where I have a choice to do it what I think is right or do what I know God expects of me, which is simply operate in honesty and truth. The minute I have made that decision, I have made that decision, then I have effectively repented. See, I just made repentance touchable to you in simplicity. That's our jobs as ministers. We make Christ. See, because sheep, God said sheep, they, Jesus said sheep, they going to follow me. They, they know my voice and they're going to follow me. They're not going to follow another. See, sheep follow leadership. They follow leadership. If we teach them how to touch Christ, they will reach out and touch Christ. Don't make God untouchable to his sheep or you ma'am, sir, will be fired. Our job is simply to make Christ touchable. See, because if I can get you just to understand just that one piece, believe, just believe that Christ lived, died, was resurrected, is sitting on the, at the right hand of the father, talking to him right now about you, intercession. Just believe it. Just believe it. And if you say, but how's he doing that? Well, now, be just believe it. Why? Because that would be faith. That would be faith. See, I just taught you what faith activated looks like. It's just believing. It is because the Bible says it is. And that's it. I believe it because the Bible tells me that he lived and that he died, and that he rose, and that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father talking to him about me. He's interceding for me so that when I do mess up, when I do make a mistake, Christ is right there saying, hold it, hold it. I got, you can't, you can't. that's mine. I, I repent for them. And he's repenting for you. He's, he's, he's sitting there talking to God about you. Just believe it. And that would be faith. I just made faith touchable to you, to you. We make God too complicated. We might, you know, my mom, I'm talking about Lady Sherry. She always says, kiss, keep it simple, keep it simple. Um, 
well, she says stupid, but keep, <laughs> keep it simple, silly. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. See, because I could teach you all the, all the majesty that is him, but if you don't even believe in him, then I didn't succeed. I must teach you that God is touchable even to you. Okay, now back. That was like 10 minutes in that direction. Okay, now back. Back. Yeah, back. Okay, so what we're talking about tonight is carry your own weight. And even what I just spoke on, that's considered carrying your own weight. See, because you have to carry what you believe. And you have to carry it long enough and farther in far enough for others to see it and believe it and receive it themselves. See, today our issue is we are not willing to carry our cross. See, because the weight of the cross takes us back to that descended place. And we don't like the discomfort that comes with that descended place. But in order to rebuild the kingdom of God, I'm telling you today, in the purity that God intends for it to be rebuilt in, we will have to do it with the weight of the cross. So I'm telling you that that spirit, that weight of dissension, it does not go away. Why? Because we are forever descending so that another can ascend. We are forever carrying the weight of the cross so that another can believe on him. There are lessons. There are lessons that we have learned over time, right? And they they and they came through experiences that we have had. Now, our issue comes in when that weight comes in. That weight ought to be a weight that we can build with, a weight that we can work with. But sometimes for us it becomes a weight that we cannot build or work with because we're still carrying the weight and the feeling of the experience with us instead of simply the lesson learned. What am I referring to? I could say, for an example, I can say unforgiveness. We carry an experience with us, right? And every time we think of that experience, we get angry, we get frustrated. It's like we start to relive that experience. And that means, I'm telling you, that means that it's because we did not forgive. We did not forgive anyone who had any input into that experience. So we're so busy looking at the people who had a part in that experience that we never see the lesson of the experience. So the weight is heavier because we are carrying each person's contribution to the experience. We're reliving the experience. So the experience itself, we're carrying all that with us when all we should be carrying with us is the lesson of the experience, not the unforgiveness of everyone who contributed to that experience. Instead of us seeing it as God used them to teach me this lesson, lesson well taught, lesson well learned. And remember the lesson, every time we think of that experience, we think of everyone who contributed to that experience. So we got the weight of the experience. Now we got the weight 
of every person that contributed to that experience. And we have the weight of their words or their actions that contributed to the experience. And we have our emotions that contributed to the experience. So now we got weight that's this much weight. Whereas if we just carry the lesson from the experience, it's just this much. It's just this much. So then my question becomes to you, when you're carrying your own weight, you need to know what it is you're carrying. And if what you're carrying is legal, is the weight you're carrying legal? Is that what you're supposed to be carrying? Are you carrying the experience, each contributor's part in that experience, your emotions of that experience and the experience? Or are you just carrying the lesson? Because the lesson's a whole lot lighter than carrying the full experience. So when I talk about carrying your own weight, then we have to understand what exactly are we carrying? See, we need to make sure that what we're carrying is what is sustaining us. The lessons sustain us. The lessons sustain us. The lessons from the experience sustain us. But everyone's contribution and all the emotion of the experience, that cannot sustain us. That is what causes us to stay in a place of dissension. This place of dissension is going to be a lot heavier than simply bearing your own cross. In other words, carrying your own load. It is hard to ascend if we're carrying weight that is not ours to carry. So let's think about that. What are we carrying today? Are you still mad at John? Because John um, John uh, told a lie on you that got you, that made your other friend leave you, and that friend told you off, and he told a few other people, and then they came and told you off. Are you still carrying all of that? Are you still carrying the weight? How about this? Are you still carrying the weight of your disappointed childhood? I'm a dig now. Are you still carrying the weight of your disappointed childhood that you didn't always have what you thought that you should have? Are you still carrying, like, for instance, you hear me talk about how strict my parents were growing up. How would I be able to ascend if I was still carrying the weight of disappointment that I didn't get to do what everyone else got to do as a child. Furthermore, let's flip it. How can you ascend if you're still carrying the weight that you didn't have what you felt as though you needed to have as a child? You didn't have the proper parenting. Your your mother and father weren't always there. Minds were even more so. And that's a weight, that's a weight too. But how, 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 how much weight are you still carrying from your childhood? your disappointments of your childhood, the disappointments of the, for the women that were married and are now divorced, how much weight are you still carrying from the disappointment of that marriage, the disappointment of that divorce? Um, single mothers, how much weight are you still carrying from the man that doesn't take care of the children and the weight of carrying and, and uh, taking care of raising your children are, is still on you? Men, how much weight are you still carrying from the woman that had the child and left you to take care of the child and she walked away? 
How much weight are you still carrying for the marriage that didn't work? How much weight are you still carrying from the disappointments that you had growing up in God? The experiences that you had on this side, on this side of the cross, how much weight are you still carrying? Let's think about that. I want you to think about that. What are you still carrying today, today, that is not weight that you should be carrying? That is not the lesson of the experience, but how much of the experience are you still carrying today that is weighing you down? How much are you still carrying today? today. See, because we're never going to be able to ascend to that place that God wants us to be in, to turn that corner with him, to begin to rebuild the kingdom of God as God intended carrying the burden, the burden of every experience that we've had that didn't work the way we felt that it should work. What lesson can we subtract from that experience that we can have to build others in Christ, to build up others in Christ. In other words, to build the kingdom of God, that we can leave the experience and everything that contributed to the experience and the emotions that contributed to that experience, that we can leave that behind and just carry the lesson and just carry the lesson. See, because we're not going to be able to go any farther any farther than we will allow ourselves to go. And experiences, especially experiences that cause us to hoard hatred and dislike and unforgiveness and ought against our sisters and brothers and ought against our parents for what they didn't know when they raised us and ought against um, the fact that they weren't there for us the way they should have been and ought against I don't know, sisters and brothers that we felt like should have been kinder to us, alt against cousins that we felt like shouldn't have been, should have been kinder to us, alt against, against friends and friends of family that we felt like shouldn't have treated us th- that way. How long are we willing to carry that molestation with us? How long are we willing to carry that rape? that incest with us. How long, how, how, how far do we think that we can go carrying that kind of weight? See, because every time a situation shows up, it doesn't even have to be your experience. If an experience like that shows up around you, you're going to react to it. And you're going to stop building the kingdom of God to react because you have not yet gotten the lesson out of that experience and just left the experience behind and took the lesson and moved on. See, because, and let me say this, some things we might not be able to get a lesson out of. It caused such trauma in our lives. It held us in such a place of paralyzation that we have no choice but to cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. We might just have to cut it off and cut off everything that's associated with that experience so that we can live for Christ, so that we can build for Christ. 
Can we think about that? Think about that because we have somewhere where if God is calling you, let me tell you something. If God has called you to turn this corner with him, if he has called you to be a part of the remnant, he will uncall you if you cannot let go. Let go. You can't listen. Uh, let me, let me, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of some examples here. So, okay. So you're always defending yourself. You always are defending yourself. We got to think back. What is making me always feel the need to defend myself? What experiences did I have that I refuse to just let people talk and I don't have to respond? Why do I feel like I need to defend myself all the time? See, because Jesus, we talked about it last week. We he had to take, he had to take the scorn, he had to take the laughing in his face and putting them down. How come we can't take that today? What happened in our lives that we can't just let the talkers talk? Why do we feel like we have to respond? Who, 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 what, what has happened in our lives that what experience that we have that we can't let go of? So every time somebody talks about us, we got to, we got to run to our own defense. We can't let God defend us. Is it because, is it because our, our, our parents didn't protect us? So we always felt like we had to protect ourselves. So because I always felt like I had to protect myself, I ain't gonna let nobody be talking to me no kind of way. Because I, I, I raised myself and ain't nobody treat me like that when I was coming up and you're going to treat me like that now. Is that why we feel that way? Because then that says that every time somebody opens their mouth against us, we're having that whole experience all over again, all over again. Are you the, are you the young lady that really feels like I'd really like to get married, but no man can really seem to get next to you? And is it because you were hurt so bad from your previous marriage that every time somebody tries to just ask you out to dinner, all you see is your ex-husband? All you see is your ex-husband. So you talk to them like they're your ex-husband. Is that it? Like, I don't know. I'm asking you. Think about it. Think about it. Think about your responses. Think about, think about the, think about what is it that triggers you to do the things that you do, to say the things that you say that are not of God. That make you, let me put it this way, that make you relive a whole experience in one minute. A whole experience in one minute has just played out in your head. And all someone said, all that guy said to you was, hey, how you doing? What's your name? And you went off. What made you do that? You know, so, you know, I was, I can, I can say, I'll give you an example for me. I was one of those ones that was real quiet. I didn't talk a lot when I was growing up. And so I would get bullied. So when I finally found my voice, when I finally found my voice, I wasn't going to let nobody talk to me any kind of way. And so I would misinterpret people's words just because I did. I, I saw everybody talking to me like I didn't, you know, like like I wasn't um, like I wasn't able to like I was ignorant and I just despised it. So I would come right back at you and you could have been trying to tell me something that would help me. And I would come right back at you. So we got to think. And I had to say, Maria, stop. They're trying to help you. So now what I've learned, so I don't keep reliving the experience. What I've learned is hear people out. Hear what they're saying. If it can, if it lines up with the word of God and is better than what you're saying, how about you give it a try? They're trying to help you. 
So I had to learn not to respond. It taught me not to respond so quickly. I used to have a quick temper. I could go from zero to 175, matter of one second. In a matter of one second, my temper, shoo, I would fly right off the handle and cuss you all the way out and break you with words. But I had to learn. I slowed down. Listen, listen, they're trying to help you. You just kill. go back and apologize. I had to humble myself. You go back and apologize. They didn't mean it like that. You didn't have to take, you had a whole experience in one minute, one minute, that whole, a whole experience flew through your head in one minute. So what experience do we ha have we had that 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 we keep having flashbacks when every when one little thing happens that we don't like instead of hearing people out instead of taking the time to listen see we got we have to in other words examine ourselves examine ourselves and see what are we really of the faith examine your actions examine your responses examine examine how you deal with examine how you deal with people because believe it or not let's say cussing you you, you don't really have to cuss like that really you have more words in your vocabulary you you do not someone said that to me one time and i was like you know that makes sense you know they were like you know People that cuss a lot don't have a lot of words in their vocabulary. So then it made me feel like, geez, if you cuss a lot, then you must be ignorant. So I didn't want nobody to think I was ignorant. So I started slowing down and using my words. Real simple, right? So I'm saying we got to look. We have to look at the weight that we're carrying because for what we're all about to have to do in Christ, the way God is going to be using us, we do not want to be carrying weight that we do not need to be carrying. We want to carry our own weight, but we want to make sure we are carrying what God has given us to carry that is going to build up the kingdom of God. So what we should be carrying is what sustains us and sustains the house of God, the people of God, the building of God. We don't need to carry with us experiences that weigh us down and keep us from ascending, that keep us in a place of dissension, that keeps us under. There is no reason why if you call yourself a child of God that I should run into you today and nothing has changed since I've seen you 20 years ago. And you say you're a Christian and nothing about you has changed since 20 years ago. You're exactly the same. You still have a bad temper. You still cussing folk out. You still trying to defend yourself. You still um you still running the streets. You still didn't settle down. You still come on. We haven't matured at all and we're 20 years older. That tells us that we are still living in an experience of our past, a bad one at that. And we have not learned our lesson and left the experience behind and taken the and 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 literally um, subtracted the lesson from the experience and leave the experience behind and take the lesson and move on. We still have not done that. No one should be the same as they were yesterday, let alone 10 years from now, because you should have learned something today that has changed your mind about what you believe or thought you knew. 
Sometimes when I'm, me and my husband are talking and he asks me a question, I always tell him, I said, well, I say, well, in my, in my, in my uh, spiritual father, I say the same thing. I said, well, I'm going to answer the question, but my, my response might change in the next 10 minutes based on what I learned, based on what I learned, because I might learn something in the next 10 minutes that completely knocks out what I believe. And if it's of faith and I can align it with scripture, I am perfectly willing to exchange my ignorance for understanding. We must be willing to exchange our ignorance for understanding. We cannot manifest the promises of God. We cannot ascend if we are carrying dead weight, weight that we cannot use for the kingdom of God to build up the kingdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, today, let's inspect the weight that we are carrying and make sure that we are carrying our own weight. Not the weight of the experiences, not the weight of everyone who input it into the experience, not all the emotions of the experience, but make sure that we are carrying our own weight. And that is weight that will build up the kingdom of God and build up the people of God, not tear them down, not kick and push anyone down and force them into a place of dissension. But we are those who build the kingdom of God. We build up the people of God. That's why today I'm admonishing you to go back and review the weight that you are carrying and then carry only your own weight. Amen. Carry your own weight. Put that in the chat. I will carry my own weight. I will carry my own weight. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, first God, we kneel humbly before you and we repent today for carrying the weight of hatred, the weight of bad experiences, the weight of, of, of mistreatment, the weight of rape, the weight, the weight of divorce, the weight of hatred, the weight, the weight of abuse. God cleanse us this day as we give those weights unto you. Cleanse us of filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit and perfect holiness in us because we want to walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called and we cannot walk worthy carrying dead descended weight. We want to carry our own weight of the cross, the weight of faith, the weight of belief, the weight of building the kingdom of God. God, we need you. We need you. Cause our eyes to see, cause our ears to hear the purity of your word, the purity of your worth, the purity of who you are in us, God, that we might stand. We want to stand in your righteousness. We want to stand in your holiness. We want to stand in your power and we can't do that carrying dead weight. We want to carry the weight of life, 
life and that more abundantly that we would be able to distribute to the men and women of God that are in the world that will cry out to you and repent unto you. We want to be able to distribute life. God, we want to be able to distribute your life, God. In the name of Jesus, God, use us, God. Cleanse our hands, God. Cleanse our minds, God, so that we can understand you, so that we can comprehend you, and then we can distribute you, and then we can build you with clean hands, with clean hands. Your will be done, God. Your kingdom come in our hearts and in our minds, God. Spirits, God, of hatred. Spirits, God, of defense from the faith. We bind and we cast you down now. We crush you to the ground. We will not forfeit. We will not forfeit the plan of God. Oh God, we thank you that your plan is a good plan. It's a healing plan. It's a purposeful plan. Your plan will rebuild the kingdom of God in purity. And we thank you, oh God, that you have chosen us. We thank you that you've chosen us to hear these words. We thank you that you've chosen us to rebuild. We thank you, oh God, that you're going to cause us to move forward. We thank you, oh God, that our hands are now clean. We thank you that our minds are now clean. And we thank you, God, that we bear the burden of truth, that we bear the burden of purity that we bear the truth god we thank you and we give you all glory and we give you all honor and we choose this day god to carry our own weight we give you glory we give you honor and we bless your name we bless your name we bless your name your kingdom come your will be done we bless your name we receive your kingdom we receive your will we receive your will into our minds god our minds has been cleansed of filthiness it's been cleansed of filthiness and we replace it with truth cause truth to rest in our mind cause truth to rest in our minds cause truth to rest in our hearts in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I thank you so much for listening to me on this evening, and I will see you on next Monday at 7 p.m. Know that you are in my prayers. I am praying for each and every one of you on under the sound of my voice that God would bless you and that God would keep you. If you'd like to sow into this podcast, I am Marie Elizabeth on every uh, giving platform. And I thank you. I thank you for your donations that keep this podcast on the air. I will see you on next Monday, on next Monday at 7 p.m.